things that God has for us. We can't imagine. We, I was living in darkness for 27 years. Was in church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night and every Wednesday night for 27 years. Headed straight to the devil's hell around some of the best preaching I could be up under. Before church started, you could hear the men back in the right back corner of the church. They was praying, believing God, and probably praying for my soul. My mother was a piano player. Back then, they had the mirror on the piano. And she was playing that piano and watching me and getting on me when we got home from church because I wasn't acting right. My daddy was a song director. My granddaddy's a preacher. My uncle was a preacher. But that didn't make any difference because I'm telling you something, I was lost and on my way to the devil's hell. At 27 years old in my life, I got to think about a whole lot of things. Had made God somewhat a deal, which was wrong, wrong of me to do that. But God, out of his mercy and grace, reminded me of what I told him years before then. Boy, and he shook me in an old-fashioned altar. I didn't know I was going to go to, Donovan. I didn't know I was going to be at that altar when I left the house. I was just pleasing my mother. But the Lord come and had a visitation with me and asked me as I had seen what I thought Jesus looked like when hanging on the cross and asked the question, what are you going to do with me? And the question is still here. Down through all the ages of time is what you're going to do with this man Jesus that gave his life as a sacrifice for your sin. It's whether or not you're going to leave this world and you're going to be owing sin or that sin's been paid for. You nor your parents, grandparents, no amount of money in the world, nothing can pay your sin debt other than God. God wasn't pleased with man. He built an ark. He was displeased with man. He, he thought maybe for a while, if he could, that he had made a big mistake. So anyway, he had a man named Noah that built an ark. And he told them all to get on the ark. Y'all know the story. Didn't he, nobody wanted to get on. Nobody but Noah and his family. Took a long time to build that thing. Then after they got on, went to lightning. Rain had started. And God shut the door. I said, Noah built the ark. But God shut the door. I can't imagine how it would be to have God to shut the door on his mercy. For God to shut his door on his grace. For God to shut the door that my blood would not do anything for mankind anymore. Everybody has done come in that's come in. Do you know that there's going to come a time in life that the Lord's going to be coming back for his children and again, the door's going to be shut to salvation. People are going to be left behind just like it was in the days of Noah when they was banging on the door, when the water was rising, and they was begging him to open the door, and Noah said, I didn't shut the door. Many people will be coming to this building and other buildings, it's church houses, and they'll want to be saved, but the salvation will be over for all mankind and you will have made your decision. And I guess I just want to approach it this way this morning. Why don't you say what a friend of mine said one time? Said, Brother Eddie, would you pray for me because I feel like I'm very way too smart to wind up in the devil's hell. Why don't you just look at it that way? I'm way too smart to believe what lies that Satan would have that I today would turn down Jesus Christ. I believe I'm smarter than that. 
And at the end of this invitation, why don't you accept what God is freely wanting to give you because he sent his only begotten son to die for your sins on the cross. Why don't you today just say in your mind, I'm way too smart to walk out these doors, drive down the road somewhere and lose my life and slip out to an eternity and wind up in a place that God never wanted me to be there. If you got your Bibles, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to be talking about accepting God's blessings. And uh, you better pray today for the preacher because I got 15 points. And I don't want to preach them all. I just want to preach until God has me to stop. And if we do the three, like most preachers, you know, three-point poem and a good joke and let you go to Dairy Queen, that'd be all good. And they need to send us a check for that advertisement right there, right? <laughs> Amen. God is good. But we're going to be talking about blessings, you know, uh, and I agree with, agree with Brother Ray back there how God's always been blessed, blessed us, you know. And we can talk about, man, I'm blessed with a good family, you know, and man, I'm just blessed. This family I got, I'm just so blessed. And you, you'd be right with that. You, you could say I'm blessed with a home to live in that we got them buttons. We can turn on the heat and the cooling and, and you know, a nice bed to lay in at night, a good dry place to lay your head. And we'd be right to say that. We could say, man, I've been blessed with this automobile, amen. If y'all ain't seen Brother Billy's new truck, you ought to look at it. He done been blessed and he's so excited. And he, he ought to be. Brother Doug's got him a new truck and he's blessed. They're excited and they ought to be. And we can, on and on, we can talk about that. We can even talk about grandchildren and y'all that's got great grandchildren. We can just keep going and those kind of blessings we've got, we've just always been blessed. So many things that we get up in the morning where other people don't have the blessing that you have. Maybe their child can't get up and get in the car by themselves and they have to take them every day. They have to go to a lot of things to take care of them and how blessed you are. And we, we pass all them blessings and all them blessings, my word, are just innumerable. They're great. But I want to talk to you about once you're in Christ, about the blessings that you have that are in Christ Jesus. As we look at God's Word in Ephesians chapter 1 uh, and verse 3, if I can just say this verse first. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, different churches, different denominations, different people would maybe look at this differently. They would maybe cause uh, blessings, spiritual blessings. They would, they, there's a lot of areas you could go to. But I think today we can, we can take God's word. We can look at the book of Ephesians. We can just read these things and we can just see what God has us in spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. One of the spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus, if I can just read maybe just a few verses first. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Jesus Christ. Now, I just read the first verse of what I'm going to preach about. And all the other things come up under that heading. 
Can I read it to you again? You're looking at it on the wall. <laughs> Some old churches, they tell you, they still got the songbook. They say, Brother Eddie, y'all sang off the wall? I said, we sang off the wall. <laughs> yeah. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, is writing this letter to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Jesus Christ. Why in the world would I be in church this morning? Why in the world would I worship? The Bible said, let everything that hath breath praise him. The Bible said there's coming a time that you won't worship me just because you're going to some synagogue. It's not the, it's not the building the reason why you're worshiping me. It's not the stained glass windows or the pipe organs or your favorite place to go to church is why you worship me. The Bible said it's coming today. It ain't going to be because of that mountain or that place over there, but it's going to be that you're going to worship me in spirit and in truth. Why? Because you've been bought with a price. And when you was purchased by the blood of Jesus, the Bible said at that time, then you're not your own anymore. Now your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And see that thing that lives inside of you that we like to maybe use for a crutch sometime. You know, I can't do that, I can't do that, but we'll say, but greater is he that's in us and he that's in the world, and I'm going to whoop that devil, it's the last thing I can do. Boy, we we'll want to use that for some bulletproof gun, but we just won't use it in everyday life. But it is greater, and it'll cause you to do some things. The blood of Jesus makes you perfect. The Spirit of God leads and guides you in all truth. The blood of Jesus makes you perfect. The blood of Jesus was a price that Jesus gave through his life that makes you perfect. But the Spirit of God, that Spirit when Jesus left to go be with the Father, and he's been sitting at the right hand of the Father ever since, he's been sitting there, what about Eddie? Now, if I was a father, I'd say, well, I'm getting pretty tired of Eddie. But Jesus, Brian, is saying, I sure wish you'd help him out. You ever had anybody you wanted to help out? Yeah. Ain't this going along what we talked about, David, this morning? I didn't know that, but I'm... You know, I, ain't you had somebody you just felt like you needed to help out? You just, they just need some help. And Jesus is there for you today if you don't know him yet. And he's been interceding. He's been going in your behalf. <laughs> Man, I've been around where you can just take whatever you know. It don't matter. It doesn't matter where you, where you call it out. Just let me call something that means something. And you know, just because somebody drank a little bit and they want to act like they drunk... And they'll say, well, go help them. They might have got a little bit too much to drink. Could be the case. They need some help out. Need a little help. Somebody needs to say, come on, get in the truck. It's time to go. I'm carrying you home. You know, it's got out a lot. Whatever. Maybe somebody didn't tell the truth about something. Say, well, maybe they were trying to cover something. You don't know the whole deal. And it's really something that's kind of a true friend that kind of steps in in your behalf and tries to make it better. Maybe you lost your temper. You know, I'm around people sometime and they're, they have mood swings. They're not the same as they, they once was. And 
someone not knowing the whole situation like, well, I, I don't know what his problem is. I said, well, yeah, not knowing, uh, I can see why you say that, but honestly what happened is he lost his wife a few months ago. He's going to dialysis three times a week, and I, I guess it's working on him. I, I'm not saying I'm not making okay anything, but all of a sudden, if that person's any good at all, if it's any goodness in them at all, that's all, oh, Brother Eddie, that changes the whole thing. I had no idea. Why? So therefore, you try to help the situation out. But when I think about Jesus, how that I am willingly, and how before I was 27 years old, Larry, willingly knew I had broke God's law, knew I was breaking the laws every day of my life, willingly didn't care about it, but I still... Sister Brenda had a Jesus that was there pecking on the Father, said, hey, would you just help my friend out just a little bit? Would you just kind of make a way if there's any way? Oh, I wish I had time to tell the whole story. Y'all know about it. Y'all can remember uh, Bonnie Darnaby, sweet lady we had here in the church, Bonnie and, and, and Lisa McCage and sweet, sweet people. I mean, I could call them. Man, they was giggle boxes. They was full of life. And everybody like, Brother Eddie, they crazy. Well, somebody might have called you and me crazy before too. But I, I remember going to court with them and, and being there with them. I'd have to tell you the whole story. They wouldn't mind at all. And Brother David Livingston right there, he's got to be the best attorney guy that ever was in the world. But I don't have time to tell you at all, but, but how God would intervene and take care of folks. I'm here to tell you that when Bonnie and Lisa got, got through with the other prosecuting attorney, if I can say it this way, he just had to throw his book down and say, I'm done. And if I can just tell you the last line that was said, they asked Sister Bonnie, they asked her a question because Lisa had done said, they asked him about schooling and something was said about the ABCs, but I didn't know why that question was asked at the time. I was just there as a pastor in the courtroom. I didn't even know David. I remember going back and telling Brother David he was there with the state trooper that had pulled him over. I didn't know him, but I went back and I said, Eddie Martin, you know, and I, I met him and I met the state trooper who I knew his daddy was just in my barn riding horses Saturday before. But Chad, I said, if y'all can, if anyway, uh, no matter what y'all maybe think Lisa and Bonnie are or ain't, I'm their pastor. And if, if it's any way y'all can, and so David said to the state trooper, I didn't know him, David said to the state trooper at the time that pulled him over, he said, that's kind of what I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> David been saying, they need some help. <laughs> they just need some help. But anyway, as I, as I seen how David was trying to help them, didn't know, man, you couldn't, you couldn't catch up with them. You couldn't catch up with Bonnie and Lisa. And let me tell you something on bragging on Bonnie and Lisa. Let me tell you how much I think about them. When my father got sick, he couldn't remember things he couldn't do, couldn't get him up, couldn't get him outside. 
My sister, Sharon Kay, came to me and she said, do you know of anybody in the church that we could get to take care of daddy? I said, I know too. I know too. She said, okay. I said, Lisa McCage and Bonnie Darnby. Sharon Kay looks at me like, you're, you're, you're drinking, aren't you? I said, oh, no. I'm telling you, they're going to be the perfect ones to take care of Daddy. Yep. We couldn't get Daddy up. We'd go in there and talk to Daddy. And, Daddy, you need to get up. I don't feel like, okay, Daddy, if you don't feel, we'll try again this afternoon. But look here. We hired Bonnie and Lisa to take care of Daddy. And Sherwin called me. said, you ain't going to believe this. They got Daddy out in the yard walking around. And they would say to my daddy, Charles, they would say, listen, Mr. Herbert, we're going to get fired. They played on my daddy's, whatever, what would you call it? Emotion. Emotion. It worked. So every time they'd ask daddy to do something, daddy would like, I got to get up because I don't want them to get fired. Look here. And Sharon was like, my mind is blown. But I'm here to tell you, if you... If you just want something funny, I mean, we was in my barn and, and Lisa and Bonnie was both after the same guy that come into the church. And the first time we was in the barn, we had horseshoes. And, and so the guy was standing with me, two ladies on the other end, the pen down there, it's a steel horseshoe and a steel pen. And so he said, you want to go first? I thought, oh, no, you go. And so Bonnie's looking. And so he flung that thing. It's, it's too far. I know it's got, that thing goes way up there. And Bonnie's looking, she, she's looking at him, because she didn't hit it. And that thing hits her right on that bone right there, and she's jumping up. It's bleeding. I done fell out in the sand. I'm so tickled, I can't like, she come and got all over me like, and you're supposed to be my pastor, and you just, I, I can't take, Bonnie, you okay? Like, I'm out, and you see I ain't okay. Bonnie, boy, what a blessing. But one of the last things that was said, they said, the prosecuting attorney said, Miss Darnaby, said, it was talked about earlier that y'all said that y'all went to school together and we brought up the ABCs and, uh, Mr. Lisa McCage said, you and her can say them backwards. And Bonnie was just like, yeah, that's right. And he was happy about that. That's right. I'm like, don't, don't agree with that. Don't <laughs> say, well, on a good day maybe or something. Just, I think they're hanging out to dry. I'm forgetting. I don't even know what's going on. And all of a sudden, he, he hammers on her. Okay, you couldn't do this right here because you might have had a certain shoe. You couldn't do this because you did this. But Miss Darnaby, he said, this state trooper said, start with the letter C and say your alphabet. Then how come if y'all could say them backwards, you couldn't start at C and say your alphabet? Well, Bonnie knew the judge, who we all know. They was kind of raised together. And so she was, she was saying to the judge, she said, because she knows him well, she said, did he say whatever? And so the judge has got this sheet up like, you can't talk to me. You can't, you can't talk to me. 
And the guy said, look at me one more time. I'm asking you. And he went through all these things again. He's getting, he's getting on them. And Bonnie's like, oh, my. You know, she's got all these expressions, y'all. She's just like, oh, my. Are you going to answer? She said, yes. I'm like, just give me a minute. So she asked the judge again. He couldn't ask her. He said, did he say, see? He said, look at me. I said, see, like in cat. She said, oh, my. She looked at the judge. She said, judge. I thought he said Z, and don't nothing come out of Z. Look here. The prosecutor turned and just throwing it down, just throwing the book down and said, I'm through. Wow. You're talking about help from God. I mean, it had to be that way. They couldn't have planned that no other way. And I thought, Lord, how you help us in our weakness when we don't know what to do, we don't know what to say. And I thought, man... Give God. And I walked out of that courtroom with Bonnie, and Bonnie said, Brother Eddie, are they going to take my life? I said, Bonnie, I don't think they want no more of you. I, I don't think they want you to come, but how God, how he shines, and how he provides, and how he does. And, and I've seen how Brother David, he ain't paying me this, but I, I just remember, I mean, the first deal was just so good as, I don't went in there and I don't went in there and talk to this state trooper, y'all. And I'm gonna get off his kick here in a minute, but I don't went in there and talk to this state trooper, you know, and like help him if he can. If he, he said, brother, it ain't gonna be nothing I can do. I, it's all been wrote. I, I said, I just said if it's a way you can a little bit. Just if you can help him, I just sure appreciate it. Okay. I seen him not long, long after that up here at the Exxon station. He said, man. What do you mean help them? They made me look like idiots. <laughs> From when they asked even this nice, sweet state trooper, like, how far were you behind him, David? He said, well, I don't really know. Oh, he shouldn't have said that. <laughs> David said, you're dismissed. You could have been in another county. See, he done answered wrong. <laughs> like, no, no, you done answered. You can be dismissed. So David just gets up and pounds like, well, we know the state trooper don't know, so he could have been in another county. I don't know how you do that, but I mean, it was good. Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ is your attorney. He's not only the one that's blessing you. If you're lost in here, my word, you're, you're the Bonnie and Lisa that he has sent in your stead where the Father said, I don't understand how to deal with them. I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. I mean, I have spent all I know to spend. I, I have sent you to send all your blood. They just made fun of you. I, I hung you on a cross, man. We drained all your blood out of you. I mean, we even put you in a tomb and to show how powerful you are. To show how powerful you are, I had you to come up out of the grave. You walked around, and now they still ain't getting it. <laughs> I got to get up there back to work, and I know that. But I guess, I guess the Father, I guess the Son is looking at the Father. And I guess the Son is saying to the Father, like, are they lacking something? 
And I think it was David that said, that's what Lisa said this, because Bonnie's the one that was in trouble that day. And I've told this story in front of them a bunch of times, so that's okay. But one of them asked Lisa, Lisa, how long have you known Bonnie? She told, years, went to school together. Then, Brian, they asked Lisa McCage this question. Would you say that if Bonnie was to get in a certain situation, maybe where the lights was flashing, sirens was going off, and, and, it, was a, and it was a high pressure situation, would you say Bonnie maybe looked at somebody maybe that ain't all there? And Lisa said, for sure. <laughs> now, I'm trying to explain to you about some grace right here. I'm trying to explain to you about me that was raised in a Christian home by a Christian family that heard more gospel music about amazing grace, heard some preaching, I mean hard preaching, turn or burn, hell's real every time, it wouldn't hurt your feelings, and I sat right there, I can only imagine that Jesus had to look to the Father and said, you know, all the way I can explain it to you, Father, is, is Eddie just ain't right all the time. Because it don't make no sense for you to know what you know, and God's not going to let you not be in a position to know, and you know, and you continue to break his law. And not only are you breaking his law and you're guilty, but you don't want to accept payment. You don't want to be set free. You don't want what Bonnie said when we come out of the door, what Brother Eddie, they going, I said, they're not taking nothing from you. They don't want to see you no more. They don't want to hear from you no more. God has shown up because we prayed and we prayed for that she would be able to make it. And it, Brother Eddie, I've made a mistake and I need some help. How many of y'all done made a mistake and needed some help along the way? But God blesses you with all spiritual blessings. I just want to show, show you just a few. This is to the church. This is to the saints of Ephesus. And this is to the faithful that's in Christ Jesus. I'm going to tell you one thing. If you don't do nothing else, you be faithful to God. You be faithful to God. Like, man, I can't preach. I can't sing. I can't teach a Sunday school class. I can't do nothing. Look here. The Bible said, Gerald Whittemore has had that door back there. That's his door. Ain't nobody going to go get that door. That's his door. He's the gatekeeper. He's looking out, keeping you safety. Not only doing the door, but looking out to make sure ain't nothing Going on with the security people. He's doing that. The Bible said, I'd rather be a gatekeeper in the house of the Lord than dwell in the tents with the wicked. Man, I'd rather have the lowest job, the whatever homeless job it is in the world. I mean, I'm sure everybody he asks when they come through, how you doing? Man, I'm so prayed up today. I'm finna shout all. Um, no, I've been a gatekeeper in the church before. How you doing? Not good. Thank you. Mm. One lady, I got to get on. I know that one lady, I'm talking about church folks now. I was in this church and I called her, hey, you know, sister, so-and-so. She said, I have you to know I'm not your sister. I thought, praise God. I can't imagine being in glory with that kind of attitude. 
Verse 2 said, Grace, grace be unto you. Grace be unto you. Those that are the house of the faith, he said, grace be unto you. I know we don't know the magnitude of that. I know we can't fathom the magnitude of that. Lord, he's on the second verse. He's saying something about grace. You don't know what all was just said right there. That was said what Sister Bonnie got. Grace. It was grace gave her to her. Was she guilty? Was she, was she, yeah, she was. But they didn't know the right question. They didn't know the right question. She had, she had the blessings of the Lord, and that's what I told Brother David and that state trooper. I said, let me tell you something. Whatever you know or don't know, let me tell you about these two ladies. If something, a tragedy happened tonight, and I needed someone to help me at church, and we was going to cook all night long, I said, Bonnie and Lisa would be there. <laughs> I don't know why somebody... In the church, I don't know why it was, but it was something to do with some family. And, and so they thought, they, they thought the ladies serving needed to dress a certain way. It was nothing fancy, but I don't know if it was an apron. I don't know, unless everybody have a white shirt and a black, I don't know what it was, but they just wanted to do it as unto the Lord. You know how it is trying to get church folk to do that? Ain't nobody gonna tell me what to wear. Oh, man, it's like WWL sometime at the church house just trying to get us. Well, I just, I just thought maybe we'd do that. Why wouldn't you just go along and say, well, okay, I'll bring that. You're going to have the black, black cake. Well, somebody getting a phone call. But anyway, but look here, man, just put it on. Hi, not Bonnie and Lisa. Man, how am I looking, Brother Eddie? Y'all looking good. They were so excited. I had to back them up a little bit, you know. I mean, they was wanting pour tea in a full glass. They wanting to wait on somebody. I mean, they just couldn't help do that. But look here, it says to the faithful, it says, no wonder she was so blessed, guilty in the courtroom. No, no wonder why you got up this morning and you were so blessed, guilty from sin, deserve hell. But because God and his riches and love and grace and mercy is gonna pardon you today. My word, this thing is better than what I can preach. I can't preach it good as it is. God's wanting to just give that to you. Just give it to you. Why rebel? Why kick against something this big? And how God's going to wrap you in his arms. And now you've got this whole Bible. You can go and you can pray and you can say, look, it promised me. It promised me. You look at that verse again. It says these words. I know I probably need to close. Look here. It says grace be unto you. Grace be unto you. Grace. You know how many people that walk in churches this morning that don't know the magnitude of his grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. This morning he paid again. Tomorrow he's going to pay again. The next day he's going to pay again. Not only he paid to start with and redeemed you by the blood of the Lamb, but today he's paying again because King, none of us live not one day without some kind of bad thought or I ain't going to forgive him no matter what. Amen. I'm not going to do it. 
A lot of things that you say you're not going to do, it's going to pass you by, and you're not going to have the chance no matter what. But how God in heaven reached down out of glory and how we all deserve hell because don't none of us do all of what God wants us to do. We wear our feelings, my word. It's all about us, and I don't know about that, I don't know about that, and I don't know about that. Man, I think we just need to get a chalk line, as I've always said. We just need to draw a big old circle. We need to get in it. And when you work out what's in that circle, yeah. you'll have your hands full. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Bible said don't confess. Somebody else's fault to confess your faults. Yeah. One to another. Man, we ought to be walking around when somebody asks a question like, man, you realize you've asked the low downest person in the world, don't you? I mean, I'm so unworthy of God's grace. I don't know who you think I am, but I, I'm just a person just like anybody else. And people are dying and going to hell because Satan is put in their mind. They ain't nothing either. You're right, but they ain't nothing but through Christ Jesus and what he did at Calvary. You've been made perfect by the blood of the Lamb. Somebody shout. Grace be unto you and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but to get up this morning, it was a heavenly place that I got up and I could sing that song. I was trying to tell Ed over here, it's an old song and he said, I am redeemed, bought with a price. Jesus has changed my whole life. If anybody asks you just who I am, don't tell them that I'm anything with a, a title on it. You just tell them I've been redeemed. Can I say, can I say that one more time? Don't tell them that I, I'm a carpenter out here and building a house or I'm a plumber down the road or whatever it may be. You just tell them he's been redeemed by the blood of the lamb that nobody but Jesus could shed. Now, we ain't even got in them blessings yet. We'll get done about 3 o'clock this afternoon. Looking up verse 4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. He just wanted to do it. He just wanted to do it. I, I, I went in and spoke to Brother David and that state trooper. I, I just wanted to do it. I wasn't nobody. I just thought, uh, I am bold, though. I said, I don't know if I'm supposed to go in that door. And I said, y'all know where that state trooper guy is, you know? And I'm nobody. So I didn't know. They could have handcuffed me like you didn't have no business in that room. But I walked on back in that room and I said, I need to ask you something. It was just my good pleasure. It was just like, why wouldn't I do that? I love them and I want to try to help them. So it's my good pleasure. So I want to tell you maybe just three or so of the, of the 15 that I got. Now y'all supposed to say, hallelujah, hallelujah. The first thing is he chose, he'd, he had already chosen you a spot in glory. Before the foundations of the world. You're, you're being here. You having the color hair you got. You having the color eyes you got. 
You having a big nose you got or a little nose you got or the perfect nose you got or that perfect smile you got or whatever, it wasn't by accident. He wanted you to be here. And he wanted you to be just the way you are. He made you that way. Wouldn't it be something if we was all sitting here this morning and we all looked the very same way? We'd be looking at somebody's ear and said, does my ear really look like your ear? Man, we, we need to do something about that, don't we? I mean, have you ever thought about why our hands this way? Man, I wish all of our hands, no, no, no. He made you just the way you are for a reason. He loved you before the foundations of the world. He wanted you to be here. And that's what it said. It said before the foundations of the earth, of the world, that you should be holy and without blame. How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? How are you going to be holy and without blame? Living in a world like we're living in, and everybody wants to kill everybody. I mean, you know, you talk to people, and they, I think you just need to line up and shoot every one of them. You know what? Maybe they need shooting. But you know what? When it comes to my shortness and who I am and what God's done for me, I need to be shot myself. I need to be shot like a dog. After God done forgave me, he done redeemed me, he's got me a home in glory, and I got heaven Man, I shouldn't complain about nothing. I mean, I should never, no matter what it is. You know, some people like, you know, say, sure, it's pretty day. They say, yep, it's going to rain tomorrow. <laughs> Believe it's weather we got, but yeah, we live in Tennessee. It's due to change in any minute. It's just like we just can't live in the blessings of the Lord. Maybe God want to give you a break. Somebody, grandma's garden need a rain on it, praise God. It needed to get cold to kill the insects. I don't know. I did carpet work. I didn't like no cold weather. But it was all a purpose and all. Right. So the one of the first spiritual blessings you was chosen before the foundations of the world. What a blessing. What a blessing. You just didn't pop up one day. You know, and things you hit at the fire. Here I am. No, I ain't the way it was. God wanted you to be here. Wouldn't it be something to leave this world one day and have an impact? And then you could say, Carl, I believe that was my very reason. I think I now know, Donovan. You could say, now I think I now know. He looked down, Donovan, through all the time, and he chose you to be here because he knew he was going to have that family. He was going to be in the house of the Lord. He was going to be a blessing. He's going to take care of your parents. He said, yeah, I want you to be here. That's the first thing. Second thing, one of the blessings of the Lord is to be holy and blameless. In that first deal right there, according in verse 4, it said, according to he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him. And so one of the spiritual blessings, and we think like, man, do you have a spiritual blessing? I didn't say a gift. I said spiritual blessings come from the Lord. 
You've got something that the lost world don't have. First thing you've got, you showed them before the foundation of the world that you'd be holy and whatever. They don't have that because they hadn't accepted what I've been trying to preach to you about that wonderful grace, undeserving grace that God has. When we don't deserve it, he gave you that. And the second thing, you could be holy and blameless. And that's what it said, holy and blameless before him in love. Because... Love lifted me. I was seeking deep in sin. Far from the peaceful shore, I was very deeply stained within. I was seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea, you heard my despairing crying from the waters. He lifted me. Now safe am I. I hope I ain't gone too long. I got one more point, and I'm going to try to let you go. The last thing, you in his love. You in his love. According to he has chosen us before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame. He chose you for the foundation where he knew you. He chose you to be here. You wasn't here by accident. And then he wanted to have a plan so you could be holy and without blame. And then it said, before him in love. In his love, in Christ Jesus you stand in unconditional something you don't deserve and you have received his love. That kind of love, that agape love that don't ever change. That kind of love that he showed us in Romans, if you'll allow me to, as Kaylee comes to the, to the piano. Y'all better be glad I ain't got a watch because I think I had 30 more minutes. I don't have a clue what time it is. Look here. Let me find this first. Wow. <clears throat> what shall separate us from the love of Christ? What's going to separate us from the love you take your last breath he's going to be reaching for you and that's a blessing but I've been preaching to you about a spiritual blessing now what's going to separate you from the love of Christ that you've accepted that sacrifice he gave for your sins see that's different than you say well God loves everybody But that spiritual blessing, the love of Christ, when you humble yourself, Barbara, and you said, I, I, I'm just going to give you this, what I got. I, I remember telling God at 27, I said, Lord, if you want to save me, I'm ready, but boy, you're going to have a hard time. <laughs> this is going to be a full-time job. But if you want me, I'm willing. Woo! Man, I remember that grace and mercy and that love and that Holy Spirit. Man, I left that little Assembly of God church and the moon didn't look the same. I didn't nothing look the same. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? That's a different, that's a spiritual blessing. That's a spiritual blessing. Where people say, well, do you believe you can lose it? I never got it. He gave it to me. I never earned it. 
I never deserved it. Amen, Brother Billy Wayne? I never deserved it. <laughs> What'd you give up? You give up nothing. But he's sure been taking some stuff. He sure does. He won't leave me alone. By the time I won't talk about how bad somebody else is, he, he reminds me how bad I am. I said, well, I guess I'm over that. <laughs> what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of churches will stop right there at verse 36. They'll just say, well, you just better keep on because one day if you don't, you just be counted as a sheep for the slaughter. After you done done all that right there, you better hang in there. Let me tell you something. I didn't reach up and get God. He reached down and got me. It was just what he wanted to do. That's what he died for. He he knew I was nothing when he got me. And watch this right here. It said, you just like sheep for the slaughter. You better watch it. Oh, devil going to get you. <laughs> the devil, I'm sure he tempts us all every day. I'm sure it's wrongs we do every day. That's why Jesus had to die. Because nobody's worthy. But see, people going to go to hell because you don't want to humble yourself one time. You don't want to be the leader of the pack. You're willing for all your so-called friends, them people you call, you say you love, are waiting for you to make a move. They waiting for somebody to be man enough or woman enough to stand up for Jesus. Mm. So we're killed all the day long. We're counted sheep for the slaughter. That would be a lot of, a lot of preachers like, if you don't quit that, you don't quit that, you don't quit that, you don't quit that. No, if you don't accept him, let him do the what you're going to quit. Don't let no dictator tell you if you do that, you're going to hell. I'm going to tell you something. The only way you're going to go to hell is you're not accepting him. That's it. That's it. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. But there's some people who won't keep you under thumb. For thy sake we'll kill all the day long. We'll count the sheep for slaughter. In verse 37 it says, Nay, no way. Are you crazy? But in all things we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. How does it feel to be a conqueror? Because of what Jesus said. For I am persuaded neither life nor death. And it goes on. Y'all find clothes right here with this. I know I'm supposed to be serious all the time. And when I was a when I was a evangelist, I, I remember asking this preacher, could I buy, bring a barbecue grill in the church? I want to light it. So if y'all interested in going to hell, come on up here and sit on this thing, see if you're still interested. I mean, I, I like, surely you ain't wanting to bring no grill in my, I mean, I want it smoke up the church, brother? I said, I don't think so. I think, I think it'll be all right. You know, surely they make something don't smoke so bad. Boy, I remember that preacher was saying, Brother Eddie wanted to bring a barbecue grill. <laughs> Boy, I want it too bad. Man, I remember making, I was out here working on a house, I was putting siding on it, and I backed into a thorn bush, and I got to think about it. I was preaching revival like seven weeks in that church that time, and, and I backed in that thorn bush, and I got to think about all God did, and I sat down, Charlie, right on the trailer. 
And I had some leather pieces. I was already riding horses. I had some leather in my truck. And I went to making a crown of thorns. And I remember I, I, I had a trash can. And I had that crown of thorns in there. And then, as I seen that leather, I made me a stick. And I cut little slits in there. And I took some concrete nails, them square nails. And I stuck through there and I made me a whip. And I got me some red fingernail polish and I polished all that up and I had me a stick, old stick off that tree and I, had me, and I made me a whip with it, whipped Jesus with it. And then I went and bought the longest nails I could find. I put red paint all over them just trying to make a demonstration in preaching that night. I said, look at these nails. Look what they drove in your Savior's feet. And I, I was evangelist. That's just what I've done. But I was going all through that church, Owen and Andrew, which y'all just had a birthday and might let you buy this morning, but y'all going to have to come forward one day. But look here. I remember getting home. Look, y'all. I had that whip. And I was whipping that carpet. I said, they whipped my Jesus. I was trying to make it real. I got home and I got to thinking. I said, Lord, what if one of them concrete nails would have come out of that whip? Put somebody out. Can't be doing that stuff. I preach to you about Jesus, how he wants to remove your sin. Go to thinking about someone. Go to thinking about someone you know that seems real miserable. And go to ask yourself, I wonder why. I promise you, it's going to have to do with that right there. Because Satan is playing him or her for a fool. For a fool. Would you stand? Lord, Lord, you done spoke a lot of things to us today. God, you done made it in a way as Jesus told about parables. Lord, I didn't know the preaching was going to go this way. I didn't know it was going to go about a courtroom when I started. Lord, just the Holy Ghost just kind of led it that way.